0: Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide on what to binge this week.
1: Bernie Kinkle, we the only person you're gonna scare is yourself! Charlie? What are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. <sighs> what are you doing here? Maze! Nice. Just in time. There's a whole load
0: of police here. Take the word, you're gonna hurt yourself. How many children are you friends with? I'm Helen Daly. And I'm Helen Kelly. Long time no speak. Helen, welcome back. I know it's been
2: quite a while. Thanks for having me back. Today we're going to be chatting about When They See Us, Netflix's new remarkable drama about the Central Park Five. It's taken the world by storm and caused so many debates and controversy around the American prison system. So today we're going to delve into the issues raised in the documentary slash miniseries and... Just tell you why you need to watch the show like instantly if you haven't already.
0: And we're going to be joined by Neil Debnath, who will also tell us about the hottest new shows landing on Netflix in July.
2: So much this week. I
0: know, let's get to it.
2: Okay, When They See Us, what's it about? When They See Us is very simply about five black and Hispanic boys who were wrongfully accused of the rape and attack of um, Trisha Miley Um, and they went and spent time in prison Um, they were wrongfully accused and they were later acquitted um, when Matthias Reyes confessed to the attack Um, and it kind of like looks on from the moment that they were kind of taken into police custody all the way up until when they got out of prison and their time in prison and also there's When They See Us Now the documentary which sees them speak to Oprah Winfrey about kind of like what they went through so it's kind of like this is what they said has happened and then this is them reflecting on what happened and speaking to the actors who kind of like portrayed them if that makes sense yeah and it is like a a kind of remarkable documentary in the
0: sense drama in the sense that it's you know four parts that are very different like not two no two episodes are the same I think you'd agree with that um so we thought for this discussion that we'd go through each different part and chat about you know our kind of not best bits because that would be like a little bit insensitive but you know the, the talking points from it yeah and um you know what we thought when we were watching it and I know Helen you really wanted to talk first of all about the title
2: yeah so I just think the title is like so interesting like I didn't even think about it when I first started watching it so when they say us you just you kind of unless you know about the five men called the Central Park Five and you kind of wouldn't really know what this is going to be about when you first stop when you like look at it on Netflix like when you just see the title um but what I thought was really interesting was Ava DuVernay who kind of directed this said that it was going to be called Central Park Five however she insisted that it got changed because after spending time with um those five men she realized that she said in like when they see us now it felt like something that had been put upon the men by the press the prosecutors and by the police and it kind of took away their face and like kind of their stories and like dehumanized them so she just kind of wanted to bring everyone who is watching this as attention to these are the five men like this is kevin richardson this is andron McCrea, this is yousef Salem, this is raymond santana this is Corey wise like these are the five men this is their names this is who you need to know don't just group them all together.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, you know, I personally had never heard of the case. I didn't have a clue. You know, it happened in 1989, um, you know, way before we were born. And I think it was a a really clever move by Ava DuVernay to kind of, you know, make it more of a drama, I guess, you know, because I don't know whether I'd watch it if it was a documentary. Um, I maybe would come across it. But, you know, when I heard that it was a drama, that it had this fantastic cast in it, it immediately made me want to watch it and probably has
2: illuminated the case to a lot
0: more people than it maybe would have if it was a documentary.
2: Yeah, I hadn't heard of the case either, but I have watched Ava's um, kind of docu- documentary film, um, 13th, I think it is, on Netflix. And that's also about the American prison system and like how it's, like, I don't, it's really hard to like get into, um, but it's kind of along this kind of vein, like people who are sometimes spending longer in prison than maybe they should or like how people get sent back into prison etc um so it's just kind of like looking at that and I just think this is like really in that vein and Ava kind of knows like what to look for and what to focus on and I just thought yeah if she's in charge of this I just feel like it's going to be handled really well
0: yeah she's come out actually recently and said that it was very much a case of um art being activism Mm. um and I guess, you know, it has certainly got people talking. Um, probably the f- the bit that people are talking about the most is in part one, where you see, you know, the the kids in, um, were they in the police station? Yeah. And, you know, they're having a little bit of a tough time. Obviously, this is just a dramatic representation of what they say happened. Um, and that's what the prosecution is saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really see like the actors, the young kid
2: actors blossom in this scene i think i think like in the first episode one of the ones that really like broke my heart was young kevin richardson like when he's in the police station and in the first episode you see him just kind of like wandering down to central park like he's like oh there's loads of these like boys heading down there like i wonder what's going on yeah it's just a normal day there's nothing
0: special about it he's
2: just interested he wants to know what's going on he's really curious and so he like goes down and then suddenly the police are there and he's like being hit in the face and you just see him in the police station with this black eye and you're like my heart is breaking like you just think of like that could be your little brother or like that could be your nephew or your cousin or like someone you know and it's just like just let him have his mum there (laughs) like come on and yeah obviously there's different kind of accounts of what happened, but in the drama you're kind of there's this kind of hint that they've been kept away from their family, they've been questioned for hours, they haven't had anything to eat or drink, they haven't been able to have a bathroom break. I think that's what Raymond Santana's no, is it Raymond yeah, Raymond Santana's um father says at like one point he's like, he hasn't had a bathroom break and you're just kind of like I felt like a parent like oh my god is this my child like my heart was breaking watching it that the kids were just amazing.
0: I think that's it as well um Asante Black who plays the young Kevin Richardson Mm. he has such a baby face and it just makes it so heartbreaking to watch because he's just he's just a boy like he is literally just a boy in the park at the wrong day simple as and um yeah this horrendous thing happens and this is where we also meet um Felicity Huffman's character Linda Fairstein um
2: who is is she like the prosecutor I think she's kind of like the lead of the police police case I think she's um she looks at like sexual attacks in um New York she heads up that kind of department and because this woman's been raped she's like yeah this is our case
0: and there's obviously been like you know an epidemic and Mm -hmm. you know they're keen to crack down on it And for some reason it's this case that they crack down on it. And yeah, part one is basically just setting everything up, seeing the boys basically about to head to court. And then we get to part two
2: where they do. Honestly, like this messed with my head because so you get to episode two And you're in court. And can we just also say how beautiful Joshua Jackson looks in this? Yes, fine. Um, (laughs) Love him. Love him. moment of praise. Um, But also, he was so good in this. Like, he's um, kind of representing Antoine McRae. Um, They've each got their defense. But there's, like, the way he's kind of, like, presenting their case, like, but you, this DNA didn't match. It wasn't conclusive. But you have this. And and then he finds out about a sock as well that has, like, um, DNA. And then, like, well, who does it belong to? And they're like and you're like oh my god they're gonna get free they're gonna get off like this isn't they're not going to prison there's so many roller coasters throughout that episode it's
0: like oh they're gonna get off oh no they're definitely going down oh they might get off here
2: but you know that you know they're going to prison because obviously it's based on real life but I just was not prepared for when they said yeah guilty like I was just so sure that they were gonna say innocent or like not not guilty is that what they say yeah they
0: say in prison like in court Uh, Not guilty. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was just so certain that that's what they were gonna say, and then when they did, I was like, I felt like I was in that stand. Well, that's it. They filmed it in such a creative way that literally it was
0: just a a kind of blurry noise around Mm -hmm. the kids' faces, and you just see like each kid reacting to it, and you're just like, oh man, like that for me was when I had to stop and take a break because I was like, this this was quite heavy at this point.
2: Yeah, it does get like really intense, and it kind of does. show the kids kind of growing up a little bit and they're they kind grow of, up in that second yeah
0: literally the second they know that they're going they're to not prison. kids anymore no
2: but I think also this episode is the one that kind of brings um Gerald Jerome to the front yeah and when he is in like um kind of giving his defense as Corey wise oh my gosh if he does not get all of the awards when award season comes he around, to, yeah. like he was they giving it to because he was amazing I just was like when he's like I can't read like I don't know why it says I can't read and he's like getting really like upset and you're just like why aren't they it's helping really him yeah it's you can know it's distressing for him and it makes it distressing for you and I just just like I have like never I feel like I got went through with every single emotion mm-hmm. in this episode in fact the whole series and I just think like He's just incredible. Like my heart was breaking. Like I was crying. And, Like when he finds out he's guilty and he's going he to like erupts. an adult prison, I was like, no, this can't be happening. This isn't true. And I just kind of wanted to like jump in and be like, what are you doing? It's wrong. This didn't happen. Like this isn't. This isn't right. Yeah, they didn't do it because obviously you saw him like just ha- like in a in a little um, like fast food place with his girlfriend. Then suddenly he's. He just um, wanted some food. <laughs> yeah, he he goes with his friend. He goes with Youssef to the park, and the next day he goes with Youssef to the police station, and then suddenly he's guilty of rape. And you're like, what?
0: Yeah, it just it goes from like not to 100 yeah. a hundred in like a scene. But a- another point to bring up since we're talking about Gerald Jerome is he's the only actor who plays the kid and the adult, mm. which I thought was a really interesting choice because. Am I right in saying that Corey was in prison for the longest time? Yeah, Corey was in prison. I think he was in for He's 12 years. He was in for 12
1: years. years. The others went to like juvenile detention centres. The reason he went to adult prison was because he was 16 at the time.
0: So I found that really interesting because, you know, you see all the boys grow up in part three, but obviously um, Corey does have an episode of his own. Why do you think that they chose to stick with Joel Jerome
2: throughout? Is it because he was 16? I mean... I think maybe because then you can kind of, I think he's kind of in that mind frame of being Corey and like he spent a lot of time with Corey Wise, like the real Corey Wise. Um, They went around New York. He said that um, Corey put like his chain around his neck and was like, you're Corey Wise now. He took him to buy like trainers and, and like they really bonded. And I think when you watch episode four, which does focus on Corey, the amount of like work you would have to put into like getting into that headspace of what Corey went through in his time in prison and um I just think maybe maybe it was also easier for just one actor to kind of get into that headspace rather than having two or three do you know what yeah, I mean yeah
0: I think as well you know you have um a Santa that we've discussed before with his little baby face like he could never have carried it through because he yeah. just looks so young whereas Jarrell has a very interesting face that can be made older. At some point, I I did did read
1: an article about it because everyone is asking why is he the only one? And he was also saying that when he went for his audition originally, um, he had a full-on beard because he was doing a different um, series at the time. Um, And so obviously he couldn't shave it off. So he auditioned and then um, went away for a little bit and then came back and auditioned again once the show had finished without his beard and stuff. And then Ava DuVernay saw that and she was, she just couldn't get it out of her head and she wanted him to play both of those roles as well. If we move on to part three, you know,
0: you see uh, Kevin, Antron, Youssef and Raymond uh, grown up, fully different actors and they're now out of prison and they're adapting to life. And obviously, you know, there, there is a little bit of a debate kind of at the minute about rehabilitation after prison. It is quite difficult. These guys get absolutely no help
1: at all they're just thrown back into the real world it was horrible it was horrible watching how they'd been institutionalized how they'd been labeled and trying to kind of trying to start a fresh life and the worst thing them kind of in the show going we're innocent we didn't do it and yet they've kind of been criminalized and it is just heartbreaking because it's almost like a kind of double kind of punishment on them because they're told if they want to clear their names they have to confess to
0: their crimes which seems like such a paradoxical way of doing things I don't know like
2: I didn't even know that was a thing until this documentary but there are just so many rules like they couldn't they had to be indoors by certain times they had to be um like home by a certain time they couldn't have certain jobs they couldn't be on like shift patterns with certain Mm -hmm. people and they couldn't like move out of the city they had to like stay here and it's like I I can't remember who it was in the drama and they're like well what if I have to be at work and they're like well you can't have that job and it's like these men are trying to get their lives back on track and they're being told no you have to be home by 7 p.m or something or like 8 p.m so they can't work like a late shift they have to find a job that is essentially nine to five and nine to five jobs aren't all that common <laughs> so you have like
0: a proper emotional response to this episode because you know you have the very sweet moments where like Raymond's getting a girlfriend and stuff and it's all very sweet and lovely but then you also have like Antron and his father's relationship and it's just well, it's heavy you it? i mean
1: it's it's both the professional and the personal side of it cuz i think one of the one of them can't even admit to his now pregnant wife his past kind of his past basically that and Raymond as well I felt awful for him he he, it looked like he went through a lot with his father and his father's new girlfriend and stuff
2: I did not like the portrayal of his father's girlfriend new wife whoever she was like I mean I get it because like Raymond's like Raymond's expecting to come back and be with his father and like his father like loves him and he's like yeah he didn't do His father's do it. so sweet throughout the full thing. But like when he's waiting for those phone calls and stuff yeah. but then his like new partner is just like not there for it at all. She's like he's Raymond's sleeping on the sofa but in the day the kids are running all over the sofa and like she's like get out of my house like what are you doing? I'm gonna call your parole officer and say you're like dealing yeah. drugs and I'm like no don't do that and the next thing you know he's back in prison and I was just like give this man a break like I actually found one of the hardest bits to watch was with um, Yusuf
0: who's now out of prison Mm -hmm. they throw a party for him and everyone's so happy and everything and he's just sitting in the corner like can't quite take it all in and it must be like such a weird experience like yeah all your family's there everyone's like happy there's music there's toys there's everything that you've not seen in prison for so long and he's just sitting there like is this it? Like, <laughs> is this what I've missed? That like, he just doesn't quite, kind of understand it. And I thought that is just heartbreaking. Like the fact that he can't even enjoy a family party because of what he's
1: been through. That's the thing, isn't it? The whole kind of institutionalized, you can't, it's almost like you can't function on the outside anymore and you have to kind of make these deals and kind of that's why people kind of end up falling back into crime because I don't think is, enough is done to kind of help them break
2: away from it. That's the problem. I'd like to touch on Antron. Really oh, I knew you would. <laughs> um, just because this moment was so, like, heartbreaking. I mean, every single bit of this is heartbreaking. <laughs> it's all heartbreaking. But it was so difficult to watch because he comes home and he's trying to his mum, and then his dad moves back in, and his dad is like clearly like qu- quite ill, um and like he's trying to like repair his relationship. So in the first episode, just a quick recap when Antron is in police custody Bobby is like my son's innocent he didn't do it and you see um the police kind of say you want to take your son home get him to like talk to us and you see Bobby go in there and he like throws a chair across the room he's really angry with Antron and he's like you've got to tell them what they want to hear you've got to give them something if you want to go home and then Antron kind of like puts himself on the scene of the crime because he like links the other boys to being there and he kind of like ends up kind of putting himself there and he doesn't get to go home because it's kind of like well he's confessed why would we let him go so he ends up kind of going to prison because of what his dad has told him to do like this is how you get to go home, and it doesn't work, and you see his dad, like, take the stand in episode two, and try to be, like, explain what he did, but he just makes the situation worse, and so when Antron does come home from prison, Bobby is, like, really trying to, like, repair that fractured and strained relationship with Antron, he hasn't been in contact with his son, he's, like, his wife's let him back in, and they're looking after him, but Antoine just doesn't want to know. And there's like this part where he's like struggling and Antoine helps him back into bed or out of bed. I can't remember which. Yeah, he's about to fall yeah, because he's incredibly yeah. frail when yeah. we made and him again. you just were like, I was like, oh, is that like that moment where they're like, we still love each other kind of thing. Like I'll always be your son, you'll always be my dad. But then I watched When They Say Us Now. And if you, when the real Antoine McRae is talking, he is it is so hard watching him talk about it because he is struggling to talk about it and everyone like the cast who are sitting in the audience are in tears like I don't think there was one of them who had like a dry eye and um you could see them like all comforting each other because Oprah's like how did your relationship with your father end like how did it go and he's just like he's a coward and he's like I have six kids four boys two girls I couldn't imagine doing that to my son and you're just like Antoine's father is like dead and they didn't repair that relationship and just that really broke me and I had to like press pause and be like I just need to cry a again. <laughs> again but I just people's families were pulled apart and it's just like making me emotional again you know I mean obviously
0: it is kind of you know very much one-sided we can't escape that fact it is one-sided but you know even just the dramatic representation of it all it's such a, a clever and thought-provoking drama aside from anything forgetting that you know potentially it's based on a real life case just the drama of it is is very very clever I think Ava Duverne has done a wonderful job creating five you know quite emotional storylines that they could have come out of prison and just forgot about them but they all had that one thing that, you know, they couldn't quite fix and stuff. And I thought, I thought, yeah, and I mean, we'll move on to part four now. And, you know, Whew. this is where I thought yeah. she did her best work.
2: I think we all had to get the tissues out for this part. <laughs>
0: so part four is all about Corey. And he ends up spending, I think it's 14 years in prison. I think he was meant to do 14, but he saves 12. Um, yeah, so he gets the longest time because he's the oldest and he has a pretty hard time in prison he gets moved about quite a lot away from his family away from harlem
1: and it takes a long time for him to get out yeah and he goes on this very kind of emotional journey that does get kind of the bit that really struck me was the surreal moment where he's almost like hallucinating that he's with his girlfriend and they've gone to i think coney Coney Island. island and it's just beautiful and it kind of sums up his kind of emotion. I can see everyone's getting very emotional. <laughs> but uh, it's Helen is... have a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
2: have feel my right eye, Warren. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that is that was an incredible way of storytelling and kind of getting across almost his life that he'd lost while on the inside really.
0: And I thought in terms of the drama, um, it was a very clever way, you know, of showcasing how alone he was. He was he says himself that he was separate to the group. But that, you know, that wasn't only just geographically. Um, you know, he was in a different prison completely. But, you know, he was in solitary. He was miles away from everyone. No one's really spoke to him in the prison. Like, he was alone. And the filming really, really depicted that very well, I thought. You know, you have moments of just silence and it's just him contemplating, you know, maybe have some music. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought Duvernay actually nailed it here. This was when, for me this is when the tears were rolling. Because I was like, this is genuinely very powerful filmmaking aside from the story.
2: I think just like, they just, the the episode just throws you straight in there, doesn't it? It's kind yeah. of just like, he's gone straight from court to prison and he's like, the prison guard is like, right, everyone strip. And he's like, looking around like, uh, is that me oh, as well? What? Yeah. Like, and you kind of feel like the way that they've done the episode by throwing you straight into like, exactly what happened kind of feels like obviously you're not going to feel what Corey felt but you kind of like oh right we're in there like mm-hmm. it's as alien yeah. to you as it is to him yeah um and
0: each different situation you know he he definitely struggles to kind of come to terms with each new place that he's in and it's exactly the same for you you don't really know where you are for most of it you don't know like whereabouts in the prison you are there's just no sense of um direction or time either
1: because there's no clocks you don't know how to kind of tell what time it is if it's day or night especially when he's in solitary you can barely tell yeah it's only
0: really at the end that you realize like this guy's spent over a decade in prison
2: yeah because it you know
0: he does changes appearance a little bit but yeah, his
2: hair changes and I feel like you can kind of tell when it's summer just because of the air con bridges. oh yes yeah yes. but yes. when that air con comes on and you are like yeah
0: it was yes! such a nice <laughs> moment and you can hear all the prisoners in the background like yeah thank god it was it was
1: weird while I was watching it I almost kind of had a feeling of almost like the Shawshank Redemption
0: yeah yeah, yeah very similar because you kind of have that
1: kind of time in that prison journey as well it's a
0: long episode as well it is the longest it's like nearly an hour and 40 or something yeah it's like a short movie yeah um Mm -hmm. but i think it needed that because you need that slow time in prison
2: because however long it was for us it was longer for him i think i like had to stop halfway through i think i watched two and three like back to back and then started four and i think i had stopped four like 40 minutes in and i went back to it and i had still had to pause it like a few times just to like collect myself yeah but I was like oh my god there's still loads left and I'm like again this is nothing compared to the 12 years he had in present <laughs> exactly, yeah. but like it is long and I think they really did like by stretching it out kind of give you that this is what it was like him
1: and it was also repetitive which was good actually because of all mm-hmm. the things he had to go through he was getting all these prison transfers he was going through like through to the parole hearings yeah and then he you see him at the end kind
0: of become a little bit resilient mm. and you're like well do you know what if that's yeah. your life now at least you've kind of found some kind of resilience and it's not going to be you're not going to be walked all over yeah, there, there was some like
2: light. i say light parts. there were yeah there, there was were. like some moments I mean I cried because like a lot of it was really horrible to watch but some of it I cried like when the prison guard brings him like books to read and like cards and you kind of see him teaching himself how to play solitaire. and I was like he learns chess at one point yeah and when he like gets that um a job as like cleaning the floors and stuff and you're like someone is looking after him but then when he ends up like that scene where he's in hospital and the doctor's like, if he makes it through, this is a miracle. And I was like, oh my God, is he going to make it? Yeah. Like, I just didn't want, I was like, this isn't it. This isn't the end for him. Like, it can't be. Like, I just was like, someone is, the prison guard was just like, I haven't, I Googled it. I couldn't really find out who this prison guard was who gave him the books, but I just thought, thank you. Like, someone is on his side. They're looking out for him and like, when he transferred and then ended up in hospital and I was just like, thank you whoever like did not kill him, like made yeah. sure he did not die because I just did not want his story to end there, even though maybe It's strange. He did. It's like, strange
1: that it's unpredictable. It's based on real life events. We know they all yeah. survive. That's so, it. It's a brilliant drama. Yeah. Aside from
0: anything else, yeah. like, Ava DuVernay has made a, a very gripping drama, mm. four
1: part drama. I'm going to definitely go back and watch the 13th. I'm so it's
2: intrigued really
0: because
1: I think across the world we have issues with our justice system. These well, we things. see it in
0: Making a Murderer. Yeah. You know, this is not new territory for Netflix in the slightest. Yeah,
1: I mean, they I think they released uh, the confession tapes around mm-hmm. the same time. So there is a lot of interest within the justice system and whether it works and whether the kind of, kind of prison system works. There's a lot. Orange that, is the New Black? Yeah. Incredibly political. Yeah, we we have so much to talk about and I think so much to learn and I think when they see us has definitely opened up that discussion
0: yes and um thankfully you know at the end we do see all five boys acquitted, and they even get like a 41 million dollar settlement which is like the largest in the state potentially in America um and I really really wanted to talk about that final shot um where you see the boys kind of looking up at the screen and then it's transforms into the real life men and it tells you like you know what they're doing with their lives and they're all living their best lives now like no exaggeration that for me I honestly had to leave the room because I was just bawling so much I was like what a nice way to end it was bringing the real
1: life people in it did bring it bring it full circle and you kind of needed it and it was sweet to see how they had all kind of rebuilt their lives it was also interesting that Corey wise was the only one who stayed in new york whereas yeah. everyone else moved out he kind of wanted to give back to the community which is incredible given that he was the one that served the longest time wasn't even on the original suspects list
2: yeah, yeah. but he's like helped fund like to for other people who have been wrongfully accused of crimes and he's like helped them and like if people haven't got like the money To kind of have like a lawyer or someone to be there, or like say, with in the the first episode, these boys' parents like can't sit with them or wait because they have to go to work. They have to if they don't go to work, they're going to lose their job. So like I think he's kind of helping to put his time and money into helping people who were maybe in a similar position, which is really like it's really admirable and incredible. Like because
1: you would be you'd think you'd be resentful, but actually to do that thing for other people is just... And
0: all of them yeah. are, are kind of helping the community in some kind of way, and it's, it's just a credit to them, really. But, um, yeah, I thought the ending in itself, I thought was really interesting. The second that they were acquitted, everything just got a lot lighter. Yes. <laughs> like the music got lighter. I feel like it physically got lighter. And I just thought, like, yeah, it's...
2: Thank but God we got that ending. <laughs> there was just, like, some moments, like, you said... He was like, oh, no, they're just going to say Matthias Reyes was the sixth guy. They're just going to say, oh, that's the sixth guy we said we were always looking for. And I was like, no, come <laughs> on. There can't be another twist to this. Like, yeah. I just, yeah. And obviously Matthias is like, I was the only one. It was only me. He gave, like, you see him give his, like, full confession. And I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, How they can, thank you? they can, <laughs> Try and start their lives. Try and move on. And I mean, for some of them, they clearly haven't. Some of them are still struggling, but are finally kind of getting to move on. And people now know their story. Yeah. So, what was your final thoughts?
0: Having watched it, apart from crying.
2: You haven't watched this? Go and watch it now. I've recommended it to everyone. I've told everyone you need to watch it. If you haven't watched it, like. Just stop watching everything else that you've binge watching and put this on. It is such an important drama. It really opens your eyes. And then watch When They See Us Now. I really wish When They See Us Now was longer. I just felt like I didn't get enough. Like I I wanna interview them. I wanna like know more. And it's I've been Googling so much. Like I'm so invested in it right now and I just think I wish there were so much more resources in nineteen eighty nine. I'm just like Along, Along with just, DNA test, and, yeah, and I just wish I had like a time machine to go back. Like, <laughs> you just it takes you to places that I have. Like, this is hands down the best thing that I've watched all year.
0: I, I think I probably agree. Mm, um, I think agree. one thing as well that I found is that yes, it was set in you know start of 1989, and you know went through to 90s eventually. It was about 2002.
1: 2002, 40s. Mateus Reyes confessed, yeah. and I think yeah. 2014 was when they got their settlement.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it does span quite a long distance. And although, you know, it is very obviously 80s, 90s, you know, the costumes are on point. The music is fantastic. Oh, yeah, definitely the beginning. Um, what I did found, find was that this could have easily been set any time. Like this was a a kind of transcendental drama that, you know, just could exist today very easily. Like, yeah. I, I don't think they needed to put a timestamp on it, really, because... I it was agree. literally only the music and the costumes that told you what era yeah, it was. Yeah, I
1: mean, like with the whole kind of Black Lives Matter movement that's still going on, I mean, not a lot has changed depressingly, actually. And with race kind of still being criminalised, I think we can learn a lot from this. And anyone watching it, it's like one of the most watched film um, TV shows on Netflix. And I think it's going to have a powerful effect going forward. So I think as DuVernay said about um, kind of activism through art, this is definitely up there.
0: I think as well, when you combine, um, you know, all of the kind of shows that we've mentioned already that Netflix have done that, you know, have that kind of political message behind them, they've got quite like a powerful, um, you know, library as such. Yeah. And it's something that, again, has got a conversation going, you know, Orange is the New Black sparked a massive debate um the confession tapes making a murder obviously is you know it's the reason i got netflix so you know i think netflix is honestly doing quite an amazing job bringing these stories to light whether it is through a documentary or if it is through a drama the stories are coming up anyway <laughs> So of course we have Neely with us today <laughs> and you've already heard her voice. <laughs> and, um, yeah she's here to tell us about what's coming up in July because uh, amazingly we've got to the end of another month of it's, fantastic it's gone so, quickly.
1: so what is your big hitter? Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> can't say enough. I'm so hyped when I heard like the 80s music and watched the trailer I was just like oh my god. So excited. So this year, so we've now reached 1985 in Hawkins. And obviously weird stuff is still going on, as was implied. Still strange. Yeah, still strange. <laughs> um, yeah, um, this year is going to be more kind of characters joining, such as Jack, sorry, Jake Busey, um, who is going to be playing a kind of shady journalist. We've got a new mayor in the town. So there's a lot going on. Also, they've got a mall where apparently there's going to be a big kind of kind of how would you describe it battle going on
0: so it sounds a little bit um was it night of the living dead or dawn of the living dead whichever one's setting a shopping
1: mall (laughs) probably yeah i think i mean that you know how they always have their kind of references and nods to like everything so i'm sure there'll be there'll definitely be some kind of reference to that i would say um so yeah so that one is going to kind of seem them getting older as well there'll be apparently some kind of soviet espionage going on as well <laughs> what <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be fair it's i guess it's four years before like the fall of the berlin Wall, so it's very much stuff is still going on so do we think um you know one thing that is kind
0: of swirling at the minute is that strange things could be coming to an end do we think oh, i think it's time it? it's time just when
1: it's time yeah, yeah. I've heard some rumours, though, that um, don't <laughs> They apparently it's going to finish on a cliffhanger and go into season four. But I know how you feel. I do understand.
0: I think there's probably one more. Yeah,
1: I think there's one more. I
0: oh.
2: Look, when Stranger Things came out, that was why I got Netflix and all of those many years ago. Um, and I watched it in like the space of a weekend and I raved about it to everyone, told everyone to watch it um, and loved it. And then season two came out, I was really excited. And now I am not as excited for season three as I was for season two. And I'm just like, is it coming to the end? Like, the kids are getting older. Like, maybe they should start thinking to end it. Like, I mean, they maybe have... a very unpopular opinion, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I guess the creators, the Duffer Brothers, did kind of envisage a five kind of season arc. But I think season... I think it could um go to season four and end kind of like that rather than getting too kind of dragging things out is what I would say, but i'm I'm looking forward to it. I've always loved it from like the eighties aesthetic, yeah, to just the kind of sci fi stuff to all the different nods to stuff like the shining. I 80s. think from
0: a production point of view, it's fantastic it's indeed unlike anything else that's on
2: no that it is it. it is great. Yeah. I just how many times can you go on the upside down or oh, the mind flayer? Or- well, we've got Soviets spies and journalism and everything
0: <laughs> it's gonna be
2: murky
1: it sounds a bit like a noir this one <laughs> yeah but what we'll find out we'll find out what it's trying to be this time but yeah that one is out on independence day 4th of july in america so i don't know if that's oh it's a thursday yes so you know netflix have been changing up when they're dropping stuff like black mirror dropped on a wednesday yeah. lucifer dropped on a tuesday um so yeah so i think they're changing it up purely because when they, I think, when they know they've got a big hit, they know people are going to watch it regardless of whether it's on a Friday or for a weekend or whatever.
0: It's good to kind of, you know, let new yeah. shows kind of have their Fridays. But so that's yeah. why everyone's booked the fifth of July
1: <laughs> <laughs> But um, are we will be, <laughs>
0: we will be discussing Stranger Things in extreme depth next week mm. um, in our special.
1: So the other big one is Orange is the New Black season seven. So that's going to be the last ever one. So I think gonna be interesting i suppose i'm gonna be wrapping up all the kind of loose ends and stuff and i guess it's kind of sad because it's one of netflix's first kind of originals with house of cards and it's just it's broken down so many barriers in terms of race on screen kind of lgbtq representation so that one yeah it'll be sad but i think it'll be i hope it goes out on a high um So yeah, and that one's coming out on the 26th of July.
0: I think Orange is the New Black has produced some of the most powerful moments ever seen on the small screen, Mm. genuinely.
2: I think I gave up about season
0: three. Should I jump back in? I probably would, but I I really like it. I think it's a very good idea. It's very well executed. I've never really had a problem with it. That said, I am glad it's coming to an end now. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time.
1: Yeah, I think everything does have its time, like Stranger Things as well. Mm. Uh, the other one is Queer Eye, so that is going to be season four. So Fab Five are back. So if you if you're feeling in a bit of a funk, definitely want to give you like an oomph. I, th- I feel like it's like when you watch it, it's like a warm hug and a mug of hot chocolate, and it just it just makes you feel so good afterwards. We or are not notori-
0: Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> We're notoriously big fans of Queer Eye mm. on Netflix, so um, yeah, that should never end. <laughs> While well, Stranger Things and Orange is the New Black can end. Queerite must run forever. I would love the Fab Five to be in my life, just like cheering no me on. You know, like, it needs to, to continue desk. at least, at least until we can all get on it. Yeah.
1: Basically, yeah, they need, to, yeah, they need to come to the UK. Tan needs to like come over here. Can they do like an office makeover? That would be amazing. <gasps> come and work with me, please. <laughs> and so that one's going to be out on the nineteenth of July. Um, the other big one, actually, is Money Heist or La Casa de Papel. Um, part three which we'll see more kind of of the heist it's kind of been playing out continuously so rather than being a season three it'll just be a part three because it'll just pick up from where they left off Mm. um that one has been really critically acclaimed it's a spanish language drama has some of the cast of elite in it as well um if you're interested and yeah so just expect more kind of tense dramas they're like stuck in the middle of robbing the royal mint in spain and that one it will also be out on the nineteenth of July.
0: It's a real, um, it's very popular that one. I've I've never seen it. It's a real word of mouth situation. Mm. But I know quite a few people in the office are
2: obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is one of the big kind of foreign language ones, along with Dark, which season two aired this year. I'm um, sorry,
2: this month even. Mm. You know, I've been looking for a new show to watch, so maybe that's it.
1: Yeah have a little bit of catching up to do we've got about 20 episodes before
2: okay i'm just going to hold on to <laughs> the <Quite awry> again <laughs> i'll wait for stranger things
1: yeah um, and so in terms of documentaries there's the great hack which is about the Cam- cambridge analytica scandal and that was all about kind of looking at social media in the kind of run-up to the 2016 presidential election um and kind of what kind of went down and that one's going to be coming out on the 24th of july Another politically charged one, there. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Though. I'll get enough of it. <laughs> and then you've got... It's something... It's a bit more... off. Um, up. Um, what am I trying to say? A little bit eccentric, a little bit quirky. So it's Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster, Frankenstein. <laughs> so if, Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same. So if you can't get enough of David Harbour, Jim Hopper in Stranger Things, um, this is kind of a weird mockumentary. And apparently Netflix has described it as... Expect the unexpected in this over-the-top and often dramatic-ish reimagined tale of mystery and suspense. So does it it have, sorry,
2: does it have anything to do with Frankenstein? I couldn't find... I am
0: like a purist when it comes to Frankenstein. I studied it for like five years at uni.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't
1: take it too seriously, to be honest with you. It's apparently a version of David Harbour where he explores his family's history, finds some lost footage, goes on a strange uh, journey even it's all a bit weird i'm not i'm not sure what i make of it but i thought because he's gonna fans of stranger things might want to give it a go probably be nothing like it but i thought this is going to be like a cartoon and i was like oh yeah me and helen literally cool. shake <laughs> our heads like this.
2: <laughs> I, i'm not convinced nila i'm sorry on well this one. thank you nila
1: <laughs> <But, laughs> well that will be out on the 16th of july and the other one i should probably mention is there's another sci-fi show called another life which is about an astronaut and her crew who are searching for alien life, but find themselves landing in danger. And that one is going to come out on the 25th of July. Um, so if you're kind of not feeling any of those, there's also um, a horror um, series called Typewriter. And if you you kind of feel like there's been a hole left after the haunting of Hill House, maybe give it a go. It's an Indian one. Um, and they, it, Netflix has had quite a bit of success with their kind of Indian originals. And this one is apparently about three young friends who go in search of an old villa for ghosts no thanks no <laughs> oh. yeah i'm out too and then obviously s- scary things start happening and past the past comes back to haunt them no <laughs> 19th of july if you're interested there was
2: no hole to fit for like the haunting of hill house to be filled we don't need i not watch dolls. it like Apparently, I'm sorry.
1: They're, they're doing a kind of sequel to that
2: Mm -mm. i'm not there not doing it (laughs) i think
1: it's called the haunting of blythe manor (laughs) if you'd like me to
2: turn up for work and actually get some sleep i will not be watching any horror films or shows or anything. Mm -mm.
1: and just some other ones in july you've got uh working mums season two that comes out on the 25th of july you me her season four that one's 12th july um if you're a bit of a foodie the taco chronicles Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) (laughs) that one's on the 12th of july and then you've got designated survivor 60 days which is the first of july and is a kind of spin-off from designated survivor and i guess that's your roundup for july very comprehensive thank you very much Neil. just quickly one
0: very quick answer what you're looking forward to strange things
2: i'm liking the sound of taco chronicles to be honest (laughs) i'm sorry i'll be there i'll be there with my tacos watching i love a food show (laughs) what about you orange is the new black definitely
0: so that's all for this week thank you so much for joining us for a chat about when they see us please please
2: please go and watch it if you haven't seen it yet and if you liked what you heard please subscribe comment and tell your friends about us and join in with the debate on twitter at netflix pod where we'll be teasing details of our next episode
0: and next week we've mentioned it already but it's the big one it's strange things
2: we'll have the lowdown on the new series and all of the reactions and theories you don't want to miss it you don't want to miss it (laughs) tune in next week to find out more